welcome to the Elevate Live podcast channel. We hope this sermon encourages and inspires you so you can go and grow to your next level. For more information about our church, please visit our website, elevate.life. Enjoy the message. It's going to be a great Sunday. Welcome, McKinney. So glad that you're joining with us, one church, two locations. Let's pray. God, thank you, Lord, for this service. Let it be what you want it to be. Bless every single person. Have your hand upon every dad in Jesus' name. Everybody said amen. 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 Welcome. You may be seated. So glad you're here this morning. For those that don't know, uh, I am not Pastor Keith. I am uh, a shorter version of Pastor Keith and a wider version of Pastor Keith. So, so glad you're here. Uh, My name is Jeremy Baker, and me and my wife have the privilege to be on staff for almost five years as uh, overseeing our young adults and our students. So we are privileged and honored to be a part of a house that is investing in the next generation, leaders on leaders. So I want to say thank you. Let me just stop real quick and just make this announcement. I want to say a special happy Father's Day to the spiritual father of this house, to a leader of leaders, to a thought leader, to a father to fathers, a pastor of pastors, Pastor Keith Kraft and the Kraft family. Happy Father's Day. I know they're watching We love you here, Frisco and McKinney. We love our pastor, and uh, uh, we're so grateful for that. You know, 1 Corinthians chapter 14, verse 15, it says that you have many teachers, but very few fathers. Pastor Keith is a father of fathers, and I'm grateful for his voice in my life. And anytime I have the privilege to have a microphone or stand on this stage before you beautiful people, I'm going to let you know that uh, I'm always going to bring honor because I believe whatever you honor, you have access to. We honor up, we honor down, we honor all around because honor, as Pastor Keith has taught us, is one of the key ingredients to living a successful life. And so we honor him. I honor his leadership. I honor that I get to be a part of his team, that I get to be here with you uh, in Frisco, Texas. And so I'm so grateful for that and what a privilege it is. I love him. In five years, my life as a dad, uh, as a man, has gone to another level. Uh, I'm on this journey. And I want to just say, first of all, thank you, dads. Matter of fact, real quick, let's do this. If we have any dads in the room today, if you would, please just stand up. I know we had you stand up earlier, but we have a special gift from you. On behalf of Pastor Keith and Pastor Sheila, Ushers, we're going to hand out a gift to you. Come on, dads, keep standing. Let's give them a big round of applause. Dads, we honor you today. You're awesome. Thank you for being a dad of dads. Thank you for being a great father. We love you. Please remain standing. We have a special gift for you on behalf of Pastor Keith and Pastor Sheila and the Kraft family. You're going to receive a mug today. On the inside of that is a two-by-two card that is for our Ultimate Warrior Weekend. And men, let me just encourage you to get signed up September the 12th through the 14th. That's a big weekend, and it's going to be incredible. You're not going to want to miss it. It's going to be a God moment. It's going to be a God weekend, and some things are going to change in your life. Well, it's Father's Day. Oh, man, what a great day to be alive. It's Father's Day. Uh, On this particular day, I wanted to just share, as we're passing out gifts, just two quick funny stories about me being a dad. Uh, Me and my wife last month, we celebrated 20 years of being married, and we have two wonderful children. Uh, They're older now. Uh, One is 16 and one is 11. I don't know how that can be, but that is how it is, Uh, 16 and 11. And and I got two boys that look like me. Uh, Pray for them. God bless you. Okay, so it's going to be awesome. Uh, But let me just tell you something. I I grew up uh, in a very kind of difficult home. 
not your typical normal American family home, and I'll just share it just in a few minutes, but as a dad, um, I, I want to give you a funny story as a dad since it's Father's Day. When my first son was born, I couldn't wait for him to uh, learn how to shoot baskets or play basketball. Uh, you know, I was a college basketball player, and I love playing basketball. I know y'all can't believe that now, but I was. Uh, so easy. Okay, so uh, I, I was a basketball player, and when he was born, I was ready to play basketball with him. But, you know, I had to wait a little bit, and now I'm older, and he can play basketball now. And he's like, Dad, you're dribbling the basketball so fast, but you're not going nowhere. And I'm like, well, in my mind, son, I'm already at the basket. You know what I'm saying? I'm already underneath the hoop. But funny story, when he was two and a half years old, uh, I think the average family in America has 87 pillows in their house, 27 on their bed, 14 on their couch, and then throughout the home. So uh, what we used to do is we used to sit on the couch when he was little, two and a half years old, and I would take little pillows, and he would be two and a half years old, my firstborn, he would run across the living room, and I would try to take his legs out from him. I'm not saying that was a good thing to do as a dad, but that's how I... Thank God for the journey, amen. We go from glory to glory. So I would take his little legs out. He'd be tumbling and falling. And, but he wouldn't, he wouldn't cry. The funny thing is he wouldn't cry. He would laugh. And so I'm thinking it's okay. You know what I'm saying? He's, I'm, I'm a dad. He's my son. He's like, I got to raise him to be tough, you know, you know. And all of a sudden, he's just running. I'm taking his legs out from him. So that was a funny thing he used to do. And, and I used to do that to him all the time. And uh, now he does it to me. So... I'm like, easy, son. I got some bad wheels here. You know, easy. <laughs> Knee surgeries, okay? Uh, the other thing is my other son, who is uh, 11, when he was five, we built a tree fort uh, to the very best of my building expertise. Uh, probably wasn't the code, but we had a two-story tree fort, 14 feet in the air, and, uh, and we had some quarter-inch plywood on the top, but it was fun. But here's the deal. Uh, we pulled the trampoline next to the tree fort. And we had a little balcony. And so I put my little five-year-old son in there. And my wife made us buy a trampoline with a safety net. I grew up with no safety nets on the trampoline, no covers on the springs. We didn't wear helmets when we rode our bikes. We were riding down the street. We shot each other with BB guns. That's kind of how I grew up in the 80s, you know. So now everything is safety first. I get it, parents. I understand safety first, young people. But I didn't grow up that way. So I would put him in the little trampoline. And his little five-year-old self would be like this, wobbling. You know, legs are moving. I'd get on that top of that tree house and I'd jump. Next thing I know, he flew over the safety net. Thank God he's still with us today, folks. Praise God. Come on, let's celebrate God's grace. God's grace, he's with us. True story. Uh, and uh, my wife's Italian and I got in trouble. But anyways. So some, father, fa fa some funny Father's Day stories, but uh, today it is Father's Day, and I'm grateful. Uh, let me just share this, and it's funny, it's personal. Last week during the storms, last Sunday, many of you were here in the 11 o'clock service, and we're like, oh my goodness, what happened? Our weather guy on, on our team said there was 72 mile an hour winds. Well, I don't live far from the church. I got home, and uh, my tree was literally broken in two in my front yard. My basketball goal was in the middle of the driveway, and so it's kind of crazy. I was like, wow, it's crazy. So... I don't know how to cut down a tree, but I have my two sons with me. Surely we can figure it out, man. It's a 17-foot tree, 18 inches around. It doesn't take a lot of rocket scientists how to cut down a tree as long as you have a chainsaw. So did what any man would do, went to Home Depot, bought a chainsaw, you know. So <laughs> uh, got a chainsaw, true story, looked up some tutorial videos on how to cut down a tree on YouTube. And uh, so I looked up some tutorials, studied it. And then I got my sons out there and a couple of my friends. We got a, we got a quarter-inch piece of rope tied at the top. 
and, and then we needed more rope because the tree was leaning to the house and I didn't cut it right. And, uh, and so I went and got a black extension cord and I just said, let's tie the black extension cord, twist it up with the rope. Surely this thing's going to work. <laughs> True story. My wife's in the front yard filming the whole thing. The tree is going towards the house. We cut it on the wrong side. Tutorial video. I got it twisted up. I'm yelling at my son, son, pull the other way. The house is about to get destroyed. And thank God none of the neighbors were home and it fell in their driveway. So praise God. So tree is down, folks. God, tree is down. God bless you. All right, funny story. Let's get into the word. I'm going to share five verses with you and then we're going to bless you out. The big thought of the message today, the big thought of the message is this, if I could put a thought to it. Being a great father requires knowing the father. And we want to say thank you, dads, for being here this morning. Being a great father, the big thought, requires knowing the Father. And I think that fatherhood starts at the feet of Jesus. I think to be a great dad, you got to have a relationship with him. The tighter your relationship with Christ is, the better dad you're going to be. You know, I didn't grow up in a home that was like your typical American family home. My dad was in prison. My dad was locked up. Some of you know my story. But, uh, you know, I will say this. When my dad got out of prison, he got radically, uh, uh, he, got, he had a transformation uh, experience with God. He had a moment where he opened up the door of his heart and he received Christ as his Lord and Savior. And his whole life has been changed. And today my dad's one of my best friends in my life. And I didn't grow up, you know, having this normal childhood. Uh, my dad was in and out of jail, locked up, drugs, alcoholism, the whole nine yards. But today, me and my dad are really close, and I'm grateful for that. Uh, but when, when my dad got saved, or, or, I will say this for those that are new to the church. When you, when you give your life to Christ, it's a journey. You don't automatically become, you know, to level 1,000 with God. You work your way up. It, it takes time. Anybody know what I'm talking about? It takes time. H how many are grateful that God's mercy and grace never fails our life? That there is no condemnation in those that trust in the Lord. So my dad, I, we, he had only been uh, knowing Christ for a couple months, but my dad, he would always do the crazy stuff in our home. He would wake us up in the middle of the night, starting up a chainsaw, putting his face over, you know, his hand over his face. It was crazy. So that's kind of how I grew up, you know, and he would just do radical stuff like that. My dad's kind of a man's man. You know, he's just a big guy, and, uh, and so I, I, he's, just a, he's just a big teddy bear for God. But I love that, and I've always watched my dad when I was growing up as a teenager always wake up really early and spend time with God. I always watch my father really take time out of his busy schedule and say, in order for me to be a great husband, in order for me to be a great man, a great father, I got to spend time at the feet of the father of fathers. And I just think that's such a great reminder. I'm not a very deep preacher, if you want to call it that, or I don't have a deep message for you this morning, but I want to want you to know it's very encouraging that, you know, I think as men or whoever, maybe moms, uh, uh, daughters, sons, when we spend time at the feet of Jesus, we become who he wants us to become. You know, uh, I want to read this story to you in Mark chapter two. So if you have your Bibles this morning, or you can look at us up uh, on the notes online, but Mark chapter two, there's five verses I want to read, and then we're going to be done. Mark chapter 2, verse 1. Let me just read this to you. And again, he entered Capernaum. After some days, it was reported that he was at the home. And many gathered together so that there was room not to receive anyone, not even near the door. And he preached, and he began to preach the word to them, and came bringing by four men a paralytic. When they could not get near the door because of the crowd, they removed the roof above him. And they opened it up, and they let him down on the mat which he was laying on. And when Jesus saw their faith, he said to the paralytic, Son, your sins are forgiven. Uh, let's jump to verse 12 real quick. Verse 12 says, And he arose immediately, picked up his mat, 
took out, left the place, and everybody was amazed, saying they had never seen anything like this before. I, I want to give you four points real quick on what the requirements are to be a great father. Uh, if you look at that story, uh, let's just go through it real quick. The story is about four men. They hear that Jesus is in the neighborhood. He's down the street, and he's preaching to a bunch of people in this town. Four guys, Bible scholars say that two of the four men were fathers. Two of the four men were fathers. We don't know who the man that was laying on the mat is. We don't know who the paralytic is. We don't know if he was a son. We don't know if he was a cousin. We don't know if he was a relative or just a neighbor next door. But we know that there was a man who was paralyzed, who cannot walk, who cannot move, who cannot do anything. But thank God that four men heard that Jesus was in the neighborhood. Four men went to the mat, each corner of the mat, each man grabbing one corner, and they walked him to Jesus. Now, here's what's interesting about this. They weren't waiting for Jesus to come to them. They were going to Jesus. There's something about being a dad that brings your family to God's house. You know what? I'm just telling you something. When a dad brings his family to the house, the whole family is going to live for God. They're going to serve God. And I'm thankful that we have a spiritual father in this house that preaches that message, that men, we lead. Not that women can't lead. Women lead too. Women power all the way. But I want you, when men take their rightful place as a spiritual home, lead, as a spiritual leader of their home, and we lead our family, guess what? Our children and their children's children will follow. There's a legacy there. So guess what? These four men, they went to Jesus. So the first point I want to give you here is this. Go after God with everything you have. Pursue God with every single thing you have. Have a strong foundation so that when the storms of life come, guess what? You're not going to be blown over. You know, Matthew talks about it. In Matthew chapter 7, it talks about that there was a guy who you can build your house on the rock or you can build your house on the sand. And that when the storms come, if you build your house on the sand, guess what? Your house is going to be blown away. But if you build your house on the rock, you're going to stand the test of time. You know, it reminds me, in 1992, uh, Hurricane Andrews came through southern Florida. Anybody remember that? And it literally wiped out thousands of homes. But this one, this one particular neighborhood, there was a home there, and it was standing. And a reporter asked this man, why is your home standing? And he told the reporter that he built the home according to the Florida Code specs. Instead of using two-by-fours, I used two-by-sixes because that's what it required. And because he did that, his home was one of the only homes standing during or after the hurricane. Here's what I'm saying. When we build our foundation on Christ and we pursue Christ, the Bible says in James chapter 4, verse 8, as I draw near to God, God draws near to me. The Bible says in Matthew chapter 6, verse 33, but seek ye first the kingdom of God and all of his righteousness and all these things will be added unto us. The Bible says for where your treasure is, according to Matthew chapter 6, verse 21, there your heart will be also. As we give our heart to God and we pursue him, Guess what? We're building a foundation that no storm that we'll ever face will ever affect us. We might feel the effects of it. We might feel the wind. We might hear the lightning. We might see the thunder. We might see the rain. But it ain't going to mess up our foundation because we're pursuing a relationship with Christ. And he is our strength. I build my life on the solid rock. So the point number one this morning would be this. In order to be a great father, go after God with everything you got. Go after God with everything you have. Something amazing about that is this. Maybe you didn't have a father growing up, but I want to let you know real quick. I want to stop the whole message. You have a heavenly father, according to Romans chapter 8, and we can cry out, and his name is Abba Father. He adopts us into sonship. He's adopted us into daughtership. Guess what? That means we have a relationship with him. That means he is our heavenly father. And then there's earthly fathers. There's spiritual fathers. We have one in this house. 
And there's men out there that father other people's children. Guess what? I'm so thankful that we come together as one family of choice. And guess what we do? We fight for this generation. And we fight for one another. And we stand in the gap. The Bible says in Ezekiel chapter 22 verse 20, God looked for a man to stand in the gap, but he found none. But Isaiah chapter 6 verse 8, the Lord said, whom shall I send? And Jeremiah said, Lord, send me for here I am. What I'm saying to you is this. We stand in the gap in the most difficult seasons of life. Why? Because that's what we're called to do. We're not called to tuck in, you know, run away, drop the towel, give up. No, we're called to stand. Second point in order to be a great father is this. When they got to the house, there was no room to get in front of the door. There was no room to get in the back door. There was no room to get in the window. What did they do? They did something that was incredible. In order to be a great father, you find a way to win. What did they do? They found some crates, they found a ladder, and they climbed on top of the roof. Those men began to pull back the straw, the clay, the sticks. They began to make a big enough hole so they could lower the man down to where Jesus is. In order to be a great father, guess what? you got to find a way to win. you got to find a way to win. So many dads, they are giving up. Hold on, dads, listen to me. All the dads in the house, look at me for a second. I'm not the spiritual father of this house, but I'm a pastor on staff. And I want to say something to you. Dads, you're doing a great job. You're incredible. You're fantastic. You're fabulous. You're amazing. You're wonderful. You're all that plus some. Nothing can stop you. God is for you. Who in this world can be against you? Greater is he who's on the inside of you. You're a great dad. You're a great father. There's greatness on the inside of you. The world wants to beat up dads. The enemy wants to beat up dads all the time. No dad in this room today is doing a terrible job. God's grace and mercy comes in. There is no condemnation in those that love Christ. The issue is this. It's what we're listening to. You know, what we feed, what we, what we listen to, what we watch, who we hang out with, what our self-talk is, that plays a big effect on who we become. That's why you got to be careful what you're listening to. That's why you got to be careful what you're watching. That's why you got to be careful what you're reading. That's why you got to be careful who you're surrounding yourself with. That's why you got to be careful of what you're listening to or self-talk that you're talking to. If you're saying, I'm not a good dad, I'm never going to make it, I'm failing, I'm failing. Guess what? That self-talk is negativity. You're never going to rise above the negativity that you say. So you got to spin that. No, I'm a great dad. I'm awesome. I'm getting better. God's grace is on my life. I'm going to make it. My children love me. My wife loves me. Guess what? I'm going to be there. When you, when you spin that, what happens is your life elevates. So watch this. I'm going to ask the guys to come out real quick. I want to show you a quick illustration. Two more points, and I'm going to let you go. What happens in this world that we live in, there's so much happening for a dad. So much happening for a dad. There's so much noise out there. There's so much noise out there in this world that we live in. Guys, come just a little bit closer. I want you to watch this. So much noise out there. There's the pressure of the job, of the career, the noise. Now, hold on. The noise that you listen to determines the choices that you make in the life that you live. You got to be careful what noises you're listening to. There's so much noise out there. So much noise that, guess what? The pressure of the job. Go ahead. The pressure of the job. The pressure of, of the career. Then you got the pressure of the family. Then, go, then you got the pressure of friends, the pressure of relationship. There's so much noise, you can't hear anything. Okay, guys. There's so much noise out there, you can't hear nothing. 
And what happens is you're surrounded. Dads are surrounded by so much negativity, so much, so much noise. We feel like we're getting beat down. But I'm here to tell you, listen to this. You can walk over. You have authority by the grace and the mercy of God to say, I'm not going to receive that noise in my life. I'm not going to receive that noise in my life. I'm not going to receive that noise in my life. So much pressure. Thank you, guys. Point number one, go after God with everything you have. Point number two, dads make a way. What did they do? They opened up the roof. Point number three is they tied some rope to the edge of the mat. Now, let me just stop here. When I was younger, I read this before, and I was thinking, because the Bible doesn't give you really clear instructions, how they got the paralytic down to where Jesus was. So in my thought process back in the day when I was younger, I thought, man, they just dumped the dude in there. Jesus, you can take care of him. You're Christ. You're the healer. You got it. I know that's not right, folks, okay? I know that right. I've grown, thank God, okay? I've grown. So what I figured out is studying the scriptures, these men had some rope, and they tied some rope to each corner of the mat, and they lowered the man down to where Jesus was. So here's the third point as a father. We hold the rope for our family. We hold the rope for our friends. We don't give up. See, it's easy to let go of the rope. It's easy to throw in the towel. It's easy to walk away. It's easy to be discouraged. It's easy to be disgruntled. It's easy to live in fear. But that's not who we are. We're not of those people. We stand. God has not given me a spirit of fear, but of love, peace, and a sound mind. No weapon formed against me shall prosper. Psalms 27 says some trust in chariots, man-made. Some trust in horses. Guess what? That's a natural occurrence, horses. But I'm going to trust in God. I don't trust in chariots. I don't trust in horses. I trust in the almighty God. Proverbs chapter 3, verse 5 and 6. Hey, trust in the Lord with all, all of who you are. Not some of who you are. Not a little bit of who you are. Trust in the Lord with all of your heart. Lean not to your own understanding, your ways of doing it, your knowledge, your career, your thought process. Don't lean on your own stuff. No, I'm leaning on God because his ways are beyond my ways. His thoughts are beyond my thoughts. He knows the end from the beginning. Let me just tell you something, dads. It's not how you start the race, it's how you finish. And you're doing a great job this morning. Every dad in this room, because you are intentional about showing up to God's house, you're doing a phenomenal job. And we celebrate every dad in this room. Third point is they're holding on to the rope. Here's the last point. As the men were lowering the man down, in verse 5, Mark chapter 2, Jesus looked up and he saw their faith. He didn't see the paralytic faith. He saw their faith. Four guys standing on the edge of an open roof, holding onto a rope, looking down, and Jesus stopped in the middle of his preaching, and he looked up, and he saw their faith. There's something about point number four. Dads, we always have faith. We always have faith to believe God. 2 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 7, we walk by faith and not by sight. Hebrews chapter 1, verse 11. Now faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. What am I saying? As a dad, to be a great dad, we live this thing by faith. When we get a bad report, we trust God. When things don't go the way we want to do it, we trust God. Our faith, our hope is in him. I'll never forget, back in 1998, my cousin, her name is Heather uh, Ross now. Her name was Heather Schindler back then. Uh, her and her husband are pastors in Orlando, Florida. But my cousin... Um, uh, they passed her Victory Christian Center down there, and all of a sudden, uh, my cousin, when she was 
17 years old, she went into a diabetic coma. She had junior diabetes, and she went into a diabetic coma. And they, they found her hours later in the bathroom, and she had no brain activity. I don't know all the terminology or the science behind all that or the, or the medical field, but they had no brain activity. I'll never forget my dad calling me, saying, son, meet me at the hospital immediately. Now, my dad back then was a little bit younger in Christ, but he, he, he got radically saved. You know, my dad gave his life to Christ at 27 years old, and he just said, man, I'm going to be all about God. I'm going to serve God the rest of my life. I used to live for the devil, but now I'm going to live for God. And so he, he just thought processes. I'll meet you at the hospital. And I'll never forget, we went to the hospital, and I was supposed to get on a plane the next morning and leave for Ukraine because I had a youth event over in Ukraine, Kiev. And I was supposed to be over there, and all of a sudden I canceled my trip and left a little bit later on the weekend because I'll tell you the story. What happens is my dad got in there, and there's this guy. He was from Russia. He was a, he was a, he was a brain uh, surgeon. And he walked in the room, and he walked in with this deep Russian you know, you know, voice, and he said, uh, uh, Mr. Baker, here's the situation. She has no brain activity. It doesn't look like she's going to make it. We got her now. We've induced her in a coma, and we're going to try to see if something happens. Well, my dad said, hey, thank you for your report, but we don't believe that report. Then the doctor looked at my dad, and he goes, I'm a professional. This is what I do for a living. My dad looked at him and says, I'm a professional. This is who I'm going to call for a living. And I'm just telling you something. Now, you know, here's the deal. Here, in the moments, in those moments, what do you do? What do you do in the moments of faith? What do you do when you don't have the report that you want? We don't tuck tail and run. We stand and believe. We stand in the gap. And all of a sudden, here's the deal. My dad never left my cousin's side for three days in ICU. Never left her side. And on day three, she came out of the coma with full brain activity. No, 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 no messed up. Nothing wrong with her. Today, her and her husband passed through a great church in Orlando, Florida. It made the front paper, it made the front paper of Tulsa World. Tulsa World, uh, Tulsa, Oklahoma, it's called Tulsa World Newspaper. It made the front page. My point is this. What do you do? We stand. That's what dads do. That's what dads do. That's what great fathers do. That's what great moms do. That's what great sons and great daughters do. We stand. We stand and we stand and we stand. We don't let things jump on us. It reminds me of uh, Alexander the Great when he was fighting the Persians. They were losing the battle. And all of a sudden they were losing the battle. And all of a sudden Andrew, Andrew, uh, Alexander the Great, thank you. I got so Quick, man, you all got to stay up with me. <laughs> got my own self twisted up in the game. So, you know, Biggie Small says, if you don't know, now you know. But here's the deal. So, <laughs> just want to throw that in there for you guys. For all the millennials. Okay. What was I at, man? Alexander the Great. Okay. Let me bring it back in, folks. Okay, stay with me for a second. I'm not the senior pastor. <laughs> I'm, the, I'm the backup to the backup. <laughs> You got Pastor Keith, you got Pastor Sheila, you got Pastor Josh, you got the family, and then some down there where there's me. Okay, so, <laughs> so the, the point is, the point is, Alexander the Great was fighting the Persian army. As the story goes, uh, Alexander the Great would let his army get all the stuff that they wanted every time, the spoils of war, the gold, the shields, whatever, all the precious jewelry, where they were losing against the Persians, and they couldn't figure it out, because they didn't change their game plan. They didn't change the way they would attack. They didn't change any kind of methodology, the way they do stuff. All of a sudden, he realized why they were losing. They were so weighed down with all the valuables of all the spoils of war. He stopped them in their tracks. He made them come back to camp, drop all their stuff off in the middle of camp, and he lit it on fire, and he burnt it all up. Then he sent them back into the battle, and guess what? They won the victory because they weren't weighed so much down. That's what happens. We can become so weighed down that we lose the victory that God wants to give us. When we would just let go of a few things, 
I forgive that person. I'm letting that stuff go. Guess what? We can win the victory that's before us, but we hold on to it, and we never win. As I close this morning, recap the four points. In order to be a great dad, number one, pursue God with everything you have. Number two, number two, great dads always make a way. Number three, great dads, we hold on to the rope for our legacy. We don't give up. Number four, great dads have faith in an almighty God. Let me read this to you. I wrote this last night. It's called Great Fathers. Great fathers live for Christ. Great fathers live with a greater purpose. Great fathers live with a focus. Great fathers live with eternity on their mind. Great fathers live with passion for the gospel. Great fathers live with motivation to move people forward. Great fathers live with a trust in their heart for God. Great fathers live by faith. Great fathers live with a peace that passes all understanding. Great fathers love their family to the very end. Great fathers stay in the game. Great fathers talk the talk. Great fathers walk the walk. Great fathers enjoy the journey. Great fathers believe in themselves. Great fathers lead themselves. Great fathers speak life, not death. Great fathers put God first. And great fathers lead by example. You are a great father this morning. I close with this last story about my family. I'm grateful for my father. It didn't start out perfect. Didn't start out with him just always encouraging me and loving on me. But I'm grateful that he found the key ingredient to life. He found a relationship with Jesus. See, every one of us in this room, whether you know this or not, there's a God-shaped void in our heart. And sometimes we try to fill this God-shaped void with things with addictions, with substance, with relationships. But there's only one thing that can fill a God-shaped void. I remember when my son Caden was a little bit uh, just born. He was about one. We bought him the round circle block deal. It was round, and it had a triangle square, a rectangle square. It had a star square, and then it had, um, had a circle square, a circle. And what we would do is I would teach him how to put the blocks in the right hole. And I watched him try to take this square block and try to put it in the circle hole. And he would hit it, man, and he would hit it, and he would hit it. He'd be so frustrated, it would not fit. Finally, I would grab it, and I would hit it, and hit <laughs> Sorry, I had to. I would take it, and I'd put it in the circle hole. And then he would be mad that it was inside the middle of the toy. And I would teach him to pull it apart, the block will drop through. So I was explaining to him, this is what I'm trying to say. Sometimes we try to shove stuff in here that doesn't fit. We try to put relationships in there that are not meant for us. We try to put things that we're chasing that weren't meant for us. And the very thing that fits perfectly right here is a relationship with Christ. To be a great dad means to serve God greatly. I don't have the perfect dad. I don't think any of us would ever have the perfect dad. But have a dad today who's 63 years old, who is one of my best friends. We call him Rod for God. He's crazy if you ever meet him. <laughs> He's radical. He has a massive feeding program, a warehouse, and he feeds thousands of people every single week. He heals, he loves on the hurting and the broken, those that literally have no hope at all. And here's a man who was locked up, who found Christ, who got radically saved, 
radically transformed. And then now he said, hey, I'm going to pursue God with everything I have. You know what he's left? That day when he goes to glory, he's left a great legacy. He has a son named Jeremy who's standing every week in this beautiful house saying, God, thank you for using my life. Because statistically speaking, my grandfather was locked up. My dad, guess what? I'm not locked up. I'm here with you. I'm not saying I'm perfect. I'm not, but I'm telling you this. When you put Christ in the perfect fit in your heart, everything else comes true. Every dream, every desire, every hope that you have. What, what's, the day, what's the Father's Day message today? Great Father. They do four things. They pursue God. They make a way where there is no way. They hold on to the rope and they have faith in him. That's what a great father does. And today you're a great father. There is no condemnation. Don't let the enemy lie to you. Don't let the enemy beat you up. You're a great dad. If no one's ever told you, I know Pastor Keith has preached it from this podium hundreds and thousands of times. I'm thankful for a spiritual father like him. Because you know what? I've become, in the last five years, a better dad because of his teaching. Because of his leadership. And I know you have too. Let's pray. God, we thank you, Lord, for this morning. I thank you that, that you are the ultimate father. Some of us, Lord, we didn't have the privilege to know a dad or earthly dad. But thank you that we have you in our corner. I pray right now for every person in this room, every head bowed, every eye closed, with no one looking around. If you're in this place this morning, you say, you know what? I don't know him. I don't know him the way that you're talking about it. I don't have a personal relationship with Jesus, but I want to. This morning, we want to give you an opportunity to say yes to Christ. Every man, every woman, every person in this room, we want to give you an opportunity to open up your door, door of your heart and ask Jesus to be your Lord and Savior. This is a big deal. There's a real place called heaven. There's a real place called hell. And the Bible says in John chapter 14, verse 6, Jesus said, I'm the way, the truth, and the life, and no man can get to heaven except through me. There's only one way to get to heaven. It's through a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. Sir, ma'am, mom, dad, do you know him? If not, this morning we want to give you an opportunity to say yes to him. With every head bowed, every eye closed, if you want to give your life to Christ this morning, if you want to ask Jesus to be Lord and Savior of your life, we want to give you that opportunity. I'm going to count to three, and at the end of three, if you want to lift up your hand, I'll count you in this prayer that I'm going to pray, and we'll pray a prayer together. Here we go. I can't take any more, any more time. Here we go. One, two, three. Slip your hand up all over this place if you want to know Christ this morning. Yes, sir. Yes, ma'am. Just keep it up high. Just raise it up high. Don't be ashamed. This is between you and God this morning. There's a lot of hands this morning. You can put your hand down so that no one feels left out. If everyone can repeat this prayer after me, every mom, every dad, everyone that lifted your hand, repeat this after me. Everybody say, Dear Jesus, I believe that you are the Son of God, that you died on the cross and you rose again. Today I open the door of my heart. I ask you to come in, be my Lord. Be my Savior. Be my Father. Thank you for your mercy and your grace. In Jesus' name, amen. Church, can we give those people a big round of applause? Come on, let's celebrate them. Thanks for listening. 
Make sure you subscribe to our channel on iTunes and YouTube. That way, you know when a new sermon has been uploaded. Also, if this message has impacted you and you want to contribute to help us reach more people, feel free to go to elevate.life forward slash give. We look forward to seeing you here next time.